0: Poor minority adults with moderate to severe CKD are two to four times more likely to progress to kidney failure than non-Hispanic whites. These are the findings from a study published online in the Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. In this episode of ASN Kidney News Podcast, Paul Smedberg, ASN Director of Policy and Public Affairs, interviews study author Yoshio Hall, M.D., of the Kidney Research Institute at the University of Washington, about his study.
1: Dr. Hall, I'm curious why you and your co authors decided to target the urban poor population for the study.
2: Well, all of us have worked in or trained in a safety net setting, safety net healthcare setting, and one thing that's fairly clear to most of us is that the population that's served by the safety net is very different from. Later in the course of their disease, uh, we were actually interested in examining or assessing the burden of kidney disease in the context of the safety net. And uh, that's really where the, the study started. Do you
1: yourself have experience working in the sort of healthcare safety net environment?
2: Yes, throughout uh, medical school, internship, residency, fellowship, and my first faculty appointment was actually at the San Francisco General Hospital. I would consider myself fairly fortunate in having a relatively long tenure in the safety net.
1: And I was sort of curious, when I was reading a summary of your study, you focused on younger minority adults. And describe younger for us. What's the age span there?
2: Most safety net facilities provide care to individuals who Otherwise, cannot afford medical care, or are really not eligible for health insurance, and so it tends to be a younger population in general. Because after the enactment of Medicare, most individuals sixty-five and over will have access to, to federal insurance, and so in general, populations seeking medical care and the safety net tend to be younger.
1: So you went back to your uh, old stomping ground, so to speak, uh, San Francisco, uh, to to look at what seems to be a large uh, number of adults uh, for the study. I think it was over 15,000. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, so that's oh. quite a large population to stud- uh, follow. And and I was curious, um, you had a period of time, 12 months to nine and a half years approximately, yes. that, that, that you followed these people. Uh, what accounted for such a wide spread uh, of time there?
2: Sure. Well, one of the reasons why we chose San Francisco was because, obviously, our experience there. In addition, the safety net facilities there are quite formally organized, and one of the key aspects was the availability of electronic health records, and they dated back to 1996. And so we were able to basically search the electronic health records from 1996 all the way up
1: The vast majority of your study participants were indigent. I think it was close to 40 or so percent were either uninsured or enrolled in um, Medicaid, and about a third spoke a primary language other than English. So here you would have a, a more vulnerable population set. Why do you think people who might fall into this, you know, to one or a couple of these categories have been so underrepresented in prior studies of CKD?
2: Well, I think one of the major reasons is because they're incredibly difficult to track. We don't have, for example, a a national tracking system for uh, care provided to the uninsured. Unlike end-stage renal disease, where here in the United States we have the United States Renal Data System, one of the model registries worldwide, we do not have a chronic kidney disease registry. Patients who are uninsured or underinsured also tend to cycle between having insurance and not having insurance. They tend to cycle between providers and health systems, making tracking of their reasons of follow-up, outcomes, ascertainment.
1: What kind of resources do you think a safety net or a public health clinic or a hospital needs to more effectively diagnose and treat CKD in the urban poor?
2: Well, I think it starts with uh, reliable data collection. And you know this you know, reliable data serves to uh, several different purposes. One is it allows you to... to, to Plan. You know, it facilitates planning of services, interpreters, social workers, et cetera. It helps identify specific barriers to accessing care, particularly in the context of chronic disease management. It allows providers to monitor the delivery of service and outcomes to, to different groups and subgroups. So I really think it starts with reliable data collection. I also think that integrating a culture of competent services into patient care Competence leads to better communication, better communication tends to lead to better adherence to medications, lifestyle changes, and these all lead to improved health and lower utilization of, of, for example, emergency rooms and lower hospitalization. I think those are two key aspects.
1: We're asked this question quite a bit, and I never really know quite what to say, but I'm curious to hear how, how you might answer this question. And it's a bit sensitive, and there's, there's no other way to, to get around asking it but just sort of to, to ask it. In your opinion, Dr. Hall, if more nephrologists or healthcare providers, uh, let's say, uh, in these safety net settings were, say, African American or Hispanic, do you think that would help decrease the prevalence and help raise the awareness of CKD and ESRD in underrepresented minority populations?
2: I do. And I do for several reasons. I think dating back several decades, many organizations have recommended that the physician and the medical workforce be enriched with more physicians who are members of minority groups and and also that training and cultural competence be mandated in a similar manner with studies that have shown that better communication improves, uh, improves patient understanding, improves patient satisfaction, improves patient adherence changes, treatment. I think that having a provider who understands the culture, the language, who can convey that in a culturally appropriate manner can only help improve outcomes. Given what you just said,
1: what can a group like ASN do to help address the need for more minority representation in health care? provider community and and within the ranks of physicians and throughout the country?
2: Well, I think one is to do what you're doing right now, which is to make uh, health disparities a a priority. I think uh, the ASN can support, promote, and disseminate uh, research from underrepresented researchers who are working in vulnerable communities um, locally, regionally, nationally. You know, certainly on the lobbying end to ensure that graduate medical programs, graduate medical education remain well funded. do you think kidney
1: disease has exploded here in the United States, doubling really in incidence over the last couple of decades? What do you think accounts for that?
2: Well, I think a number of things account for that. The, uh, one is the wider spread recognition of kidney disease, the classification system, which has been adopted, has led to wider spread Here, but this is a fairly astounding prevalence within, within this population. Dr. Hall,
1: I'd be curious to know if you and your co-authors sensed any kind of urgency in the population that you studied. Was there a concern on their part that they were not getting screened or diagnosed, Were or, or did people not care, or... Was there a level of concern there at all? I mean, or or were people even aware that they may have problems with their kidneys?
2: I think one of the um, uh, drawbacks to kidney disease is the relatively asymptomatic nature of it. Most of the underlying processes are also um, chronic uh, uh, conditions, which, uh, for example, like hypertension, diabetes, can often be left suboptimally or even untreated. And the perceived importance
1: Anything that you would like as a, as a last word? You'd like to say about the study, and and where you hope it leads, and and give us some idea of what you and your team you know plan to do next to to help continue this great work.
2: I think our study is really emphasizes the need to uh, to to better understand and address not only the burden of kidney disease, but also the forces underlying kidney disease, um, chronic illnesses in in underserved populations. And I think this is particularly salient as, as we as a nation contemplate how entire safety net's ability to monitor the effects of policy change, for example, uh, better monitoring of utilization of costs. I think these are all key issues uh, in maintaining the integrity of the, uh, the healthcare safety
1: net. Well, Dr. Hall, all of us here at ASN just feel honored to be able to to highlight your study because it really does bring to light some Serious health concerns, that, you know, are, are here in this country, and that we are definitely going to have to deal with. And particularly given now that it's Kidney Month and World Kidney Day, uh, your message and the findings that you and your co-authors uh, presented couldn't be any more significant uh, to us right now at this moment. And particularly in light of the healthcare debate that's going on in, here in Washington. So, want to congratulate you on all your great work, and we look forward to the next the next stage and the next study to, to continue continue this and hope to work with you and your colleagues and to promoting this issue uh, here in, in Congress and in Washington. And thank you for
2: joining us here today. Thank you for highlighting our study and also for making health disparities
0: a, a major legislative priority for the ASN. ASN Kidney News is a publication of the American Society of Nephrology. The ideas and opinions expressed by participants in ASN Kidney News podcasts are their own and do not necessarily reflect the positions of the society. To lead the fight against kidney disease, ASN helps its 11,000 members provide high-quality care to patients, conduct cutting-edge research, and educate the next generations of kidney care professionals. To learn more about ASN or Kidney News, please visit the society's website at asn-online.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.